Hello and welcome to Sweet Spot DFS. This is a preview show for the 2021 RSM Classic. Now, if you follow me, you know I typically start out every week with a corset video and then usually a stat fit video, which really hasn't been a thing over the last three weeks. I decided to kind of change things up a bit. I am trying to target more of a shorter video that's more to the point than an analysis video for all three of my videos. So I plan to do a preview, course fit, and then strategy video Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And the the preview video, all it's going to really go over trends that I've seen over, you know, X amount of years whenever I started recording data for this uh, event, which for the RSM Classic goes back to 2014. Uh, and then I'm going to also look at the bucket system. So I'm going to do that here as opposed to the strategy video. Again, that should kind of cut back time on that strategy video and actually get more useful information with that one. So this one is just really going over trends and buckets. Um, Timestamps are in the description. You can go ahead and get to any part of that, any part of the video you'd like there. Also, the chapter mode is enabled on YouTube, so you can go ahead on the red progress bar, see where you're at and wherever you want to go. You can also watch this in a faster speed, but again, I'm going to try to make this a little quicker. So let's go ahead, get into the spreadsheet. Uh, we're going to start with the bucket system because that is kind of the staple of what I do. And basically all that the bucket system tells you is you know, the likelihood of a certain profile golfer or a certain profile of golfer, you know, what's likelihood they're going to finish inside the top 10 or even top five. So with that being said, looking on the screen and for my audio listeners, um, I, I, I will actually say it. Your number one last year bucket are golfers who did not play this event. And we can go through every year to see which types of golfers those are, whether or not they have course history or not. Your second bucket are golfers who missed the cut the year before, believe it or not. So that first bucket, again, did not play. 34.67% of top 10 golfers over the last six years, correction, yeah, last six years, were golfers who did not play the year before. 25.33% of top 10 golfers missed the cut the year before. And then our number three bucket at 14.67% are golfers who finished top 20. So our, our top three buckets, if we were to look, have a some percentage of 74.67. So nearly 75% of top 10 golfers fall under these three buckets. Now, really, all that's saying is when we look at the player pool, um, for or the field, I should say, we're going to want to target last year ones, last year twos, and last year threes. Um, and let's go ahead and just get into it right now because I don't want to miss out on explaining this later. So let's go ahead and just look at all of our last year ones. And the big thing that kind of uh, come, that, that stands out to me is how many golfers are in this bucket. So if I keep scrolling down, you're going to see all the different names. 
and for my audio listeners, don't worry, I'm gonna tell you the number. 95 golfers. So this is gonna be a full field event of 156. 95 of them are last year ones. So that being the best bucket is a no-brainer, right? Because I we could probably see this year in, year out. It seems to be a tournament a lot of newcomers come to. Usually it's a fall event um, where basically graduates from the web.com tour, now the Corn Ferry tour, that, you know, junior or JV level tour, basically, the, the graduates from that tour come to this one. This is one of their first events. This is usually like event number seven, somewhere between seven and 10 uh, on the PGA year. I mean, it also always comes before the new year. And a lot of elite golfers start their uh, season usually right at the new year. So they're not coming to this event, which means it opens up to a lot of really old golfers who are still trying to hold on to their PGA Tour card or younger golfers that just got it. So again, makes sense that our pool is going to be a little higher uh, with last year ones. Now, what I like to do personally is look at my min max. You know, what's the minimum number of top 10 golfers that we've seen year in, year out that have a uh, last year bucket one score? And the minimum is three. So really, if we're creating lineups, in my opinion, you would want to create at least, well, there are different ways to do this but I usually like to just take the min and use that as my anchor position. But I also like to use this percentage over here and basically depending on how many lineups I create. So if I create 100 lineups, there are six places per lineup, six times 100, 600 places. So I am trying to fill, fill 600 positions. And what I'll do is take 600 and times it by this to get my anchor number. And let me just do that. I mean, I know a lot of you guys probably don't have the time to do something like that. I know a lot of you guys um, probably don't care or don't create that many lineups. But I can just give you uh, a sense of what that looks like. So 600 times 0.3467, that's your easy way of doing a percentage. So 208 of my lineups. So if I'm creating 100 lineups, um, 208 positions are going to be filled with last year ones, which averages out to obviously be two, um, having three in some. But what you really could do is, and if you want to get really technical, put some lineups with four in it, put some in with three, put some with two, and then put some with one. I wouldn't, I would not go and put zero in them, but you can do either of those. Um, and again, let's look at our pool here. Uh, in our strategy video, I will go over our best last year one plays, you know, based by stats uh, and anchor our, our lineups that way. So when it comes to last year ones, um, you can see right up at the top, you have Sung J M, Tommy Fleetwood, Tyrrell Hatton, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Jason Day, Louis Ustazen, Shane Lowry, Joaquin Neiman. I mean, there's a lot of good golfers, I think. I might cut it off at Justin Rose, perhaps. 
So we really have like 11 really good golfers. I mean, you have Sam Burns, uh, which I know is, that's one of uh, Chad Eckert's favorite plays uh, for this for this upcoming tournament. But like, I mean, you have Brant Snedeker down here, Wyndham Clark. There's a lot of good golfers. Harold Varner III I just saw. A lot of good golfers in this last year one bucket. Now, a lot of it's going to have to go off of kind of a salary strategy, which I, I will cover in this video as well. Um, so it really depends on who you want to anchor with. Who do you like the best? Um, and we'll get a little bit into that. But those are your top last year one buckets. So we might as well just go right to the last year two buckets. Um, again, last year one, 34.67%. Last year, two, 25.33. And this is headed by Russell Henley, Harris English, Kevin Kisner, Charles Howell III, uh, Sepp Straka, who is kind of a, a newcomer. He's been on tour for a couple of years, but then right underneath him, Matt Kuchar, who is kind of a, a wily veteran. You know, we could call that, he, we could call him that right now. A really good and uh, talented up and comer, Cameron Davis. Peter Malnati, who's been pretty hot over the last few tournaments he's played. Um, everyone's favorite, Patrick Rogers. You know, Patrick Rogers' bucket combinations and just last year bucket has been so awful over the last four tournaments, I think. He's, he's either been a last year five or a last year six. This is the first time I've seen him as a last year two, which if a lot of people are off of him, this might give me reason to play him a little bit more. I don't really care about ownership leverage, but it kind of can go hand in hand with a favorite play. And his bucket is actually a really decent bucket. So going with these golfers, another good string or pool of last year two golfers. So if you wanted to see what I would do with that, let's go ahead and look at the percentage. 25.33. So out of 100 lineups, once again, uh, 600 places, 600 times 0.2533, we get 151. So between the two buckets, you know, so if I'm doing 100 lineups, 208 of them go to last year ones, 151, I'm sorry, not lineups, positions. So 100 lineups, 600 positions, 208 of them belong to last year ones, 151, really 152 belong to last year twos. Those numbers together give you 360, um, which is over half of really the player pool in creating those lineups. So if you even wanted to break that down a little bit differently, let's say you create 10 lineups, right? Obviously move the decimal place over, 15 positions would go to last year twos, 200 or 20 or maybe 21 would go to last year ones. So it, it just depends on how you, you know, do the math in your head, how you'd like it. And I'm not saying you absolutely have to go with this. It's just that the historical numbers go along with that. Uh, let's look at our, our best last year threes. And we'll look at the other buckets too. I'm not just going to stop it here. But really the last year threes, which were golfers who finished top 20 the year before, um, we can see 14.67 your minimum was zero. And I forgot to do that with last year twos. So last year twos, your minimum was one. Um, maximum was six. So obviously you can get pretty high. Your average number 
was three for that bucket. Your average number for uh, the last year ones was four. And then the average number for last year threes was 1.8. So, you know, I guess if you want to go over that way, you certainly can. There's just multiple ways to create lineups with a bucket system. I personally just like using the percentage here. So again, 600 times 0.1467, we have 88. So 88 positions would go to last year threes. And I guess when we combine all of these, I wonder if there's a faster way if we can just put those together. Doesn't really matter. So we do something like that, 448. Again, if you divide that by 10 out of 60 places, or yeah, it would be divided by 10. 60 places, 40, nearly 45 of them would go to last year ones, twos, and threes. So only 15 would go elsewhere. And your last year threes is headed by Webb Simpson, Sebastian Munoz, Brian Harmon, Brendan Todd, Denny McCarthy, and that's probably the last like I'm going to talk about. Um, the rest of them, you know, not terrible plays. When we get into course fit and other in the strategy video, we can maybe find that one of these guys kind of pops off a little bit more or a little better than another one. Um, but I mean, it's hard not to play someone like Webb. You know, I, I, I will tell you right now, I will play a lot of web, but if you're going to pivot from web, pivot to one of these guys and fill in the rest of your, your lineups. I think that's a, a positive way to do it. Let's go ahead and look at the rest of the buckets. So last year fours, if we look at the notes, um, last year fours, 12%, which is still pretty high. It's, it's not very far behind the last year three bucket. So it's very much in play. And really your minimum was zero, but you actually have a higher max number than your last year threes. Average is 1.5 as opposed to 1.8. Um, but either way, you know, if you're gonna pivot from last year threes, maybe you think none of the last year threes will finish inside the top 10, which is probably highly unlikely with Webb being up there. Uh, you could pivot to last year fours. And those, those four buckets alone, uh, equal out to be 86.67% of top 10 plays over the last six years. Your top, this bucket's actually really small. There are seven golfers in it. So here's the other thing to go with the bucket system. Um, I sometimes can get enamored by say a bucket combination. If I see it's a high, you know, a high amount of that buck combination finishing inside the top 10, I kind of fall in love with it. I keep forgetting though, that each bucket, say last year bucket and last week bucket has to be kind of independently analyzed. So we have seven golfers in this bucket. Now volume alone, we probably aren't going to see, like the likelihood of one of these guys finishing inside the top 10 isn't very high, especially when it's the, the top guy, Stuart Sink. So really, I'm not going to focus too much on a particular last year four, um, and I'm not really going to focus too much. I mean, if we were to use the, the same strategy that I was currently um, imploring, it would be you know 600 times 0 0.12, 72, positions out of 600 that's okay 
because if I'm making a hundred lineups, I could either put one last year four in exactly 72 lineups, or I could, you know, maybe go two of them, you know, in say 20 lineups. And then I would have uh, 32, you know, positions available. I don't think that's going to hurt me necessarily. And when you're creating a lot of lineups, I don't necessarily care about sticking to a, a core. I do like to kind of, I wouldn't say water down my ownership, but I, I don't mind owning, you know, almost one share of everybody and just mixing them in with other lineups. I do have a core. I typically do go with a core, but like say last year fours, I wouldn't mind, um, you know, kind of mixing some of these guys in. I, I really like Mark Hubbard. I don't mind uh, Luke List, and I really don't mind Stuart Sink. Maybe it's a good reason to play Stuart Sink or even Maverick McNeely, honestly. Not terrible. So I'm not, although this bucket is small, I'm not necessarily shy in playing it. Uh, last year fives. So last year, if we go to last year, <clears throat> Tyler Duncan won this as a 5-4. Uh, that means he was a last year five, last week four. Both of these bucket combinations, or this, both of these buckets aren't good to begin with, but that bucket combination isn't good either. Um, but looking at this tournament, you know, especially last year, sure, we see, you know, just as many last ones. We actually see more last year twos than we do last year ones inside the top 10. Actually, it's a tie. I missed this one. Um, and then you have a couple fours or three fours, a three and a five. So still like the bucket system reigns supreme here, but a five, four, won this tournament. And it was Tyler Duncan who, you know, course history didn't look the greatest. <clears throat> Recent form didn't really look that good. His Bermuda stats didn't look good. The rest of his stats didn't look good. It was kind of puzzling that someone like Tyler Duncan won. So we can actually use that information and look at this year's last year five buckets and you actually have some pretty decent golfers i i like all of these golfers if i'm being honest mackenzie hughes has been playing really good golf from the playoffs all the way until now uh zach johnson is a wily veteran just like matt kuchar i don't think there's an issue playing uh zach johnson Austin Cook just had a second place at the Shriners. Not a terrible play. I like Adam Hadwin's ability to shape shots. I don't think it's really necessary here. Um, he's, in my opinion, kind of a shorter Bubba. If the course is too straight, I think he kind of has issues playing it because he has too many thoughts of how to flight a golf ball into a hole when all you really have to do is just hit the damn ball. You know, um, Matt Jones, a very... Um, Talented golfer. Same with Pat Kazire and Doug Doug Gim. You know, don't sleep on Doug Gim. He's a very good. I don't even know if he has his, his tour card I, or even like temporary status, but he's eventually going to get there. He's a talented golfer. So really, don't stray away from the last year fives. Uh, last year sixes. It's really interesting seeing Doc Redman. Now we saw Doc Redman as a last year six. I think at. 
Shoot, where did we last see Doc? Let's see, he is $8,000. Doc Redman at the Houston Open. Uh, I think we, we saw him as a last year six there. Let me go ahead and open up the Houston Open. Tons and tons of spreadsheets, tons and tons of data. Uh, I just want to show you where Doc Redman was. Make sure that I am correctly saying. Okay, never mind. He was a 3-3 at the Houston Open. Where was he prior to that? Bermuda, Shriners. We'll look at the Bermuda. And if he's if he's if he finished fourth and he was that bucket score, then I'm just gonna eat my words and say, never mind, don't worry. Doc Redman was a last year four. Okay, last one is the Shriners. And then I won't waste any more time looking up Doc Redman. So let's see here. He finished what? He missed the cut at the Shriners. We look, Shriners, Doc Redman. He was a 5-4. Okay, so not a good bucket, but I, he wasn't a 6 like I had said. Um, either way, this tells me to kind of dial it back on ownership of Doc. If you want to go buy the bucket system, and I mean, the last year six pool has eight golfers in it. Not a lot. Um, you can see that 4% of golfers inside the top 10 at this tournament were last year sixes. So if I were to go and if I was creating, you know, 100 lineups, 600 positions, once again, 0.04 would be 24 lineups. To have a last year six in now if i'm creating 100 lineups i have no issue basically making 24 lineups all with doc in it um i could maybe go you know split it up only do 10 with him or 13 or whatever put them in a like cascading core type of lineup i think 19 is the number where he could be in it all the time actually it would be 16 because you take three away from him. So yeah, he could be in 16 lineups uh, that way. And then you can kind of mix in the rest of the guys, which I actually, I think that's a really good idea. Um, but I'm, I'm going to temper my expectation on Doc Redman. So if you're creating 10 lineups, it's either two or three that you'd want to put them in. And then that would be your last or six exposure right there. You wouldn't want to put any more. Um, Doc Redman has the ability to do really well at this golf course, but the bucket system says don't play that many last year sixes, if at all. So that was kind of a rundown of all the golfers within all of the last year buckets. I don't necessarily look at last week buckets. Um, they are here. And it is pretty... Um, pretty even amongst all of these now your top bucket would be golfers who did not play the week before so this is obviously helpful for all of those that that were not in the masters 
which would even make sense anyways because the masters for those that made the cut would be kind of a very grueling grinded out type of tournament uh and they could be fatigued coming into this tournament or it's not that far away since it is in georgia or not georgia you go from georgia to south carolina which isn't that far away um so it's not a far distance to get to you're not going to be jet lagged it's not going to be tiring and i think saint george's island is kind of a vacation destination um or is it saint simon's island i can't remember i think it's saint simon's island either way it is more of a vacation destination where you know this might be kind of a, a relaxation spot where if the mindset is right, you can do really well. But obviously, if it's kind of complacent and just taking in everything, maybe it's a, a reason not to play golfers who did not play last week or that did play last week. But if they did play, your second bucket would be golfers who missed the cut. Now, that would also make sense. Golfers who missed the cut at the Masters might be you know, hitting themselves, thinking like, I should have done better. Um... And likewise, for golfers who finish top 20, they're probably feeling really good about themselves. So those three buckets, golfers who did not play, number one, golfers who missed the cut, number two, and golfers who finished top 20 last week, that's number three, all of those buckets together consist of nearly 75% of top 10 finishes over the last six years. Just going over that one really quick, I mean, just looking at the top of the leaderboard here, you have Webb, who is a last week three. Again, that's top 20 from last week. Same with Sung Jay and same with Tommy Fleetwood. I would say out of all three of these guys, maybe Sung Jay battled the hardest. I almost would think that Simpson, for how well he did play, you know, he was getting his groove going, and I think he would be more primed for a better finish, you know, finishing with inside a better finish at this tournament because of his finish being a top 20 last week. Uh, Fleetwood kind of followed him on Sunday a little bit, watched him obviously on, on the internet, not in person. Um, he was all over the place, but he, he did score well. Uh, it just, I don't think that really provides me a lot of confidence. One of my favorite plays, the thumbnail of this, this video, Tyrrell Hatton was a last week too. He missed the cut. Now I feel like he, Obviously, he had a really good finish at uh, the Houston Open. He finished seventh at the Houston Open and missed the cut at the Masters. So he was coming into the Masters with good form, missed the cut. I think this is a great bounce back spot for him. Uh, and he's on Bermuda, which I know he's pretty decent at. Um, so either way, I like... Those golfers. I'm not really going to go. Actually, I'll filter out, but I'm not really going to provide a, a full analysis on last week ones or last week twos or last week threes. You can see them on the board. Last year buckets usually matter a little bit more than last week buckets. Um, but I would say this. Those three buckets typically are always like the, those three ranges did not play, missed cut, top 20. Those three finishing positions, as you want to call them that, 
they're always very favorable ones. So you can see uh, here are all your last week twos. Not a lot. There's only 15 golfers in it. And if you were to use that percentage thing again, um, I'm not really going to type it all out, but it's going to be very similar to the last year. So that was 151 lineups or 152 lineups out of, I'm sorry, 152 positions out of 600. It's going to be very similar to the last, the last week. So in all reality, load up on these guys. And there are a lot of good golfers here that obviously you've had to, um, you had to qualify for the masters. You're going to be good if you do that. And then I'm guessing the last week three but our bucket is even smaller. This is awesome because now you just add more percentages to it. You know, the last week bucket is a little bit more watered down than the last year bucket. Either way, still chalks out. Uh, the last thing I'm going to talk about for buckets are the combinations. I'm already at 30 minutes, man. I was hoping this was going to be a lot quicker. Um, it's rainbow colored. Meaning there are so many different combinations. Uh, it's hard to kind of look at right here. Um, but you know I do this every single week. I kind of break it down by top five, top ten. Your top bucket for top ten finishes is a one-two. Finished 13% of top ten finishes. That's pretty good. And your one-twos, so if I were to go to that... Again, this this bucket, the, the last week bucket two is not very big, but even this bucket combination, even smaller, nine golfers. Now, my experiences, especially with the Masters, what I've learned, don't fall in love with the bucket combination. But if you're choosing between last year ones or even last week twos, well, not so much. Yeah, if you're looking at last week twos, your favorable one would be Pairing it up with the last year one. Same goes with, you know, if you're looking at last year ones, who's going to be your favorite golfer and go that way. Um, I'm going to create a model that's going to incorporate all of that. Uh, so I will find the best, you know, one, two to play uh, or really the best last year one. Because I'm going to incorporate all of all of that information, all of the buckets, like how often you should play them, all that stuff, it will be baked in to a number that I'll have right here for the strategy video. Um, so going back there, I'll just give you the top 10 buckets. So bucket combinations. 1-2 two at 13.33%, 2-1 .1 .1 at 9.33, 2-2 at 8-3-1 at 8-3. 1-1 one, one at 6.67, which is surprising. Your 1-1 one, one bucket's usually the highest. 1-3 at 5.53. 1 uh, 1-4 at 4. 1-6 at 4. All these are at 4 that I'm going to name. 2-3, two, 2-5, two, 4-2, 4-4, and 5-1. So all of those buckets, uh, really the ones that stand out because, again... It's no surprise to see a bunch of last year ones in the mix. It's also not a surprise to see a bunch of last week ones in that mix. But seeing like a 4-4, four, four, a 2-5, those are kind of surprising. Even a 2-2, two, two, um, those are a little surprising. So just keep that in mind. Um, I think, I don't know, 
it, it to me it makes lineup creating a little more fun uh, and you got to see it actually throughout this whole video I would just rewind go back take a look and pause the video write down your favorite one twos write down your favorite you know three ones or anything like that that's what I would recommend uh, the last piece I want to talk about is kind of going over salaries the reason I want to go over this is because DraftKings does a pretty good job pricing, you know, the favorites at the top and then obviously the long shots at the bottom. This is kind of a way to analyze should we be, you know, favoring the the favorites? Should we try to incorporate more long shots? A lot of this pricing has odds baked into it. So Obviously, I have it broken out from 2020 to 2018. I also have kind of the count over here of how many times we see them inside the top 10 or top 20. There really isn't a price tag that is really, you know, stands head over, uh, not head over heels, but that stands out more than more than another. However, I will say if you group them up into ranges, 11.6, 11.8, and 11,000. I mean, 11.6 is tied for the most time seeing inside the top five. And you see, really, uh, I don't really have to go with 11.6, but 11.6 and above hasn't finished worse than fourth place. So if we go to 2021 and we sort this by salary, we don't have 11.6. We have 11.2. But if I were to go to 2020, put a filter on this, who was our 11.6 guy? It was Webb. Was he the top guy? He was. The next guy was 11,000. If I go to 2019, put a filter on this. I think I can put a filter on this. Who was the most expensive guy? It was Webb again, finishing third. He was 11.8. Um, so... See, and I don't have 2018 salary, do I? We'll just look at the recent form tab. This will have it. 11.6 Kevin Kisner, 11,000 Brian Harmon. So really, finding the top guy is going to be beneficial. And then and the salaries that under that are underneath it are in the 9K and in the 6K. So I think finding someone at 11,000 and then say 9,000. I mean, look at all of the 9K golfers that we've ever seen. I'm going to include 10-9 in this whole range. That's a lot of golfers finishing inside the top 10 and top 5 in those salary ranges. So, you know, I don't think... Uh, I'm not going to say... Okay, let's go to another piece of um, analysis before I say what I'm about to say. Your average salary is 83.5. So 8,357. DraftKings allows you 8,333. That means using, you know, and this is again top 10. This isn't um, looking at like top six golfers or anything like that. If we were looking at top six, it would be it'd be easier to say this and say, okay, 83.5, that means we're looking for using up all 50,000 of your salary, but using 10 or, you know, the top 10 golfers, 83.5 kind of tells you, you can go ahead 
and use all 50,000 of the salary in making lineups. And it's not gonna really matter that much. You're probably gonna find the optimal lineup around that. Um, leaving off a lot of money isn't really going to matter. Uh, the minimum inside the top 10 that we've seen, 6,100. The maximum, 11.8. And then here's a breakdown of how many golfers we've seen. So we've had a total of 35 over the last uh, three years. Let me just double check that for whatever reason I think that's wrong. Nope, oh, it's 35. So of the 35 top 10 finishes over the last three years, here are, uh, or here is a breakdown of prices inside the top 10. 14.29% were 10K and above. 25.71 was 9 to 10. 14.29, uh, 8 to 9. 22.86%, 7 to 8. And 22.86% below 7. All that tells me, find an 11K guy, a 9K guy, an 8K guy, 7, 6, and then whatever you have left over, put it in that. Um, I think that's probably going to be a good way to start out your builds. I'm not saying do that for every single one, but it's uh, it's going to be pretty beneficial. I did not update this, so I guess I can do it right now. Um, we had a 6,600 uh, golfer, $660. Six hundred wow, sixty six hundred dollar golfer last year win the tournament. Uh eleven six ended up finishing second. So really looking at your optimal lineup versus the winning GPP lineup, you needed Webb Simpson at eleven six. It was six, eleven, seven, nine, and actually two sixes. And you did leave a lot of money, despite what I just said. So you'd have left twenty four hundred dollars. On the table but you could have easily went from nope you couldn't have done that denny mccarthy there you go so just going pivoting from say kh lee to denny mccarthy um would have yeah denny didn't score a lot of points last year so it's a bad example to use Okay, this works much better. Going with KH Lee and Scotty Scheffler, that's 49,900. So, you know, you'd have missed the optimal lineup by a few points. It looks like you'd have missed it by three. But, you know, using 49,900, you could have had a pretty good lineup. And you'd have had a 111K golfer, two nines, two sixes, and a seven. So it's kind of following that same logic I was just providing, minus the 8K golfer. So, interesting there creating lineups um what i wanted to do or what i was thinking what i wanted to do was kind of go a little bit more into each year and look at you know the different last year finishes and see how or who was in those uh buckets but uh i'm gonna leave it at this this is already a little too long so I'm going to, let's see, I covered salaries, I covered the buckets. I think that's all I wanted to do with this video. And this is what I plan to do on Sundays. 
most um, most tournaments. But I'm not going to actually have the DraftKings information because that comes out on Mondays. Um, so we'll really only be looking at like the, the buckets, but also speculating on on the on the salaries. So really, just giving you a strategy to use on on salaries, despite not knowing what those golfers are. So again. I'll be doing these on Sundays uh, going forward. Again, it should save time. And hopefully it doesn't run 40 minutes long like this one has. So with that, I am going to bid you adieu. Thank you for watching. Please leave a like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. And I will see you in a course fit video soon. All right, bye.